1: Fernand,
2: hello. You're all right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hiya.
2: I am somewhat honoured to be here. It's pretty cool.
0: Oh, I'm excited to speak to you, Fernand. Tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into like the crux of this episode, because it's it's a different kind of episode for us, but still really like fashion focused. But yeah, go ahead. Tell us like your background, what you do. And you know, where people can find you as well.
2: Sweet. Well, my name is Fernand. Um, I I have the title of what many people call themselves these days, a creative. Mm-hmm. Um it's a bit of an overused term, but um I think I have a bit more seriousness whenever I use it. But, um <laughs> yeah, as a creative, um my, my chief much my, my main job, I should say, I chiefly work in TV. Um my main one is working as a creative, a creative leader and movie channel. So I take care of all the graphics and uh the creative I do know, direction, so to speak of the channel, how things look and feel, both on-air and off-air, and mm-hmm. also help us with our productions, because um, everyone's all making their own productions these days. Mm-hmm. And outside of this, um, I also have a free lo- freelance creative, once again, mm-hmm. but I take care of loads of different things, so from shooting to editing to help with production and research on shows. So I've worked with the BBC a number of times, um, and then also graphic design and motion design. So anything that's... Um, that looks good and um, helps interact, well, I guess in terms of um, productions to brand to whoever it is to help give a bit more of a sort of intuitive experience between a person to what they look and see is look at and see, I guess, is what I do. So,
0: Cool. And you, you also... Um, so you do like a lot of graphics and like visuals for other like YouTube channels and things but you yourself mm-hmm. have a YouTube channel tell us a bit about that. As well. I
2: do indeed this all started off from my passion of watching lots of live TV and tweeting about it and that crazy and bothering all my mates about it that crazy and um, yeah I have a, a YouTube series called Fernand's Live Show Show mm-hmm. which is probably the most imaginative names for a show yeah. actually out- <laughs> Literally, Roncil does what it says on the tin. Um, so basically, I just wax lyrical about the creative side of live TV. Um, so I look at how things are behind the scenes, how sort of creative thought and developments actually input how has impacted a lot of productions. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of my last episodes focus on, uh, for example, the X Factor and how dramatic they make the um, introductions. So it's not just a case of ah. Uh, Big text and 3D, da, 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 all that kind of thing. There's a, lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of science behind it and a lot of not science, a lot of thought behind it, which actually makes mm-hmm. each episode a lot more effective. Um that's just one episode that's talk a lot about big, live, exciting shows and the creative side of things. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's Fernand's live show show. Easy to remember. And uh yeah, definitely being a pleasure. Cool.
0: Uh Scarlett, I have to let you know because I feel you two will have a big connection, but Fernand is an encyclopedia of eurovision knowledge eurovision
2: is yeah that's probably something i should mention that first yeah.
0: biggest fashion oh <laughs> no he, he will tell you the year this this country won what song it was with who performed it like but i love i love that you um
1: that you know have a lot of knowledge of like behind the scenes of like big things i think that's something that mim and i hope is actually interesting about stuff we talk about is Mm -hmm. that fashion sometimes a topic where people think like oh yeah it's clothes or it's this or it's that but they actually don't know what goes into being behind that and i think it's really interesting like your live show show that like like you're saying with a show as big as the x factor that people don't know actually like you think you're watching live tv but like there are literally people sat there like hovering over their buttons to like press things at the right time and make it as Mm. enjoyable for your viewing pleasure and I think people don't really like like you know people take stuff like that for granted that there's so much that goes on so it's really cool that that um you also sound like you do so many things
2: (laughs) (laughs) Man of many... Well, what's the saying? Uh, Man Jack of many talents. Yeah, all of that pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So it's good fun, actually. And the, the wonderful world of live TV, as much as it's big and, and exciting as it is, there's always a lot to it, which is always something I like talking about. And obviously this links really well with, uh, with fashion shows in particular. So, yeah.
0: Mm. I think a point that Scarlett touched on as well is that fashion very often is seen as quite fickle, or superficial, or, um, you know, it's just about the visuals of it. And I think one kind of issue that arose from like, you know, there was during Brexit and all the Brexit talks and everything, there was so Mm. much focus on like lots of different types of industries. And I remember, um, I think it was the editor-in-chief of like Business of Fashion. And he was talking about how like, how much the fashion industry brings to like the UK economy. Because it's more than just clothes. It's like, it's billions worth of like, um not just design production logistics but you have like the shows the the talent the just like building the sets when we talk about like yeah. Chanel which has like the most iconic fashion mm-hmm. show sets mm-hmm. while Carl Lagerfeld was alive those are like huge performances those are like million pound yeah. yeah huge um, experiences yeah exactly so it's and then like when you consider like what's going on now one of the massive reasons that we wanted to have you on is because the nature of fashion shows in this past year has completely changed not that we didn't have shows before obviously but this like audienceless, different digital format type of show and we just thought you had like a wealth of knowledge for that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's actually it's actually really interesting how um the pandemic has changed absolutely everything. It's one of those things where yeah, something happens in the world and it may affect certain things and may not affect others, but this is we're living in really interesting times where virtually everything has been affected by it, obviously including events and things which which require lots of people. And um cheeky little plug, something I actually talked about in one of the other episodes where yeah, the pandemic I'm sure the pandemic actually affects the events industry. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as you mentioned, especially with fashion shows where it's all about people and crew and bringing things together from various parts of Europe or even the world. Um, yeah, it's massive how um, we've had to adapt to change, basically, and think of new creative ways to do so. Chanel, for example, um, some I've seen some incredible fashion shows that um, have had to obviously change to these times where previous years um, they've been full of like creativity and almost traditional way Mm -hmm. but um, as a result of such things you've seen it's almost like um having to like really boil down your creative ideas and think of what can we actually do we've got less available people so to speak or less resources what can we actually do to um do something just as impressive or even better we've seen some really good stuff um which is I guess almost a testament to the sort of human spirit but in terms of production in terms of creativity sort of thinking what can we do with less things um yeah
1: yeah and so like, I think before we talk about some of the different ways people have maybe like used this pandemic to kind of be more creative with how they translate their show even just a simple thing of live streaming mm-hmm. a show like what what kind of would go on in that so like for instance a company I worked for had the most tragic live stream once where like it was just (laughs) must have been a webcam in like the corner of a building and that was just one angle you couldn't see the shirt like the clothes or anything Mm -hmm. but like when you watch a Chanel a Dior like the big names you have angles you have like all these different things Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like that must be really difficult to like know when to cut to the different cameras mm-hmm. so like there's got to be a lot that goes on even in just relaying it
2: yeah like, I think what's really good is that a lot of uh, fashion shows I guess even in previous years it's taken the experience of not just people that actually are that actually they're sitting within the actual along mm-hmm. the catwalk they've actually thought of it more of a tv production or more of a production which can be viewed online so <clears throat> um, oftentimes they would um, work really closely with production companies to actually plan camera plots and plan actual movements, so that outside of it, when it comes to watching it halfway across the world, you get a full experience experience of watching the shows if you were there, almost taking it... Wow. Almost giving you a bit of a better experience of rather than actually being there, which is mm-hmm. actually really, really good. Um, and especially in this pandemic, we've seen that taken even further. So we haven't seen... Um, sort of traditional sort of okay let's try and simplify things let's have your regular uh, runway show but with less people you've actually seen it being developed de- developed into film type productions and yeah. sort of these uh, mixed media types things using a bit of live action using a bit of filming as if it was actually a film production so to speak and even in some cases um i think it was helsinki fashion week um which was towards the end of last year, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gone as far as using 3D, te- 3D technology and mm. VR and AR <clears throat> to really push the boundaries of it. So it's less a case of being in the uh, venue where the actual runway is. It's more about really taking it out there, which is incredible to actually really push the boundaries. So less webcam in the corner and more of an experience. Well, I think it's what us. Um, viewers these days, we sort of demand more, we expect more, and especially Mm -hmm. if you've got huge fashion houses that are full of imagination and full of creativity and able to push the boundaries, we sort of expect a bit more from them every year. So, um, yeah, I think it's all about pushing the boundaries, especially now where we're forced to think a bit differently.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, When you say that, it reminds me two shows in particular, um, one being Louis Vuitton Men's, which uh, the Virgil Abloh one, um which was like a poetry stage performance mm-hmm, play mm-hmm. thing more than anything it wasn't this like linear show but exactly. there were so many camera angles and then like the poetry was part of the production and mm-hmm. um i think there was there was a large part where the scene the camera was weaving throughout the models and We were seeing them like stood on like plinths or whatever or on the ground. And the camera was weaving in between these models so that we could get like multiple angles. And I think I saw a backstage shot. It was like they had just like phones on Mm -hmm. like selfie sticks to kind of get that downwards angle. Um, And that's not something you could ever experience if you were sat there in real life watching a show. Um, Precisely. And then another one that's similar is Fendi's um, their first couture one, and I think their uh, their women's wear one recently, and that they walked in between these like perspex F's, and like, and then they all ended up well in the couture one, they ended up in these perspex boxes, and that's not something that we would have seen or Fendi would have been able to do had there been an audience there sitting there. So, yeah, it it is more about this like experience, which arguably could be better than being there in real life.
2: Yeah, I think it's a bit of a blessing in disguise where um, as a result of that, of people not necessarily having to be there, uh, fashion houses have now got this opportunity to think, okay, Let's make it a bit more different. We've got we've got a bit more of a creative license now to actually make it to a full production. We can um, do things several times, like I guess in, in parallel of a natural fashion show where you've got one chance to get it right. You've got to make sure the model walks down uh, without falling or tripping over. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure that the actual um, clothes are pinned and fitted in the right place. Everything mm-hmm. just has to be perfect. It's almost like a one-take type thing, pretty much like a live show. but uh, uh, With... Oh, essentially, it's a live show. But with um, this, um, it presents an opportunity where things can be fine-tuned a bit more. Things can actually be a bit more precise. So it adds a bit more, um, I guess it's twofold. One, it allows for a bit more perfect, per- perfectionism, um, which can have its sort of um, positives and negatives. But then also it gives a sort of a holistic experience of incorporating other forms of um, filming te- techniques to make it a bit more of a wow, okay, this fashion show, house is really just taking it to the next level. Mm-hmm. LV, as you mentioned, is an, an incredible example of that. How it starts off in the middle of this huge snowy atmosphere, outdoors mm-hmm. type thing. It's cold. It's obviously it, it it basically helps set the tone of what the show is set to be about. <clears throat> and um some fashion shows utilize a bit of this, probably mm-hmm. at the beginning or just something to whatever, but. Um, in this case, is actually part of it. You see lots of uh, clips of um, being taken back out into this um snowy... not snowy, really a forest, is it? It's just sort of outdoors, pretty much. Yeah. Um, to help remind and help set the tone and make it less of a typical fashion show, but more of a, um, a multi-layered performance experience, utilising a bit of rap, utilising various camera techniques and all of that. Speaking of really cool tech, which I even noticed, in the second half of the show, which is just after... Uh, Yasin Bey's performance, or even sort of interspersed between it, um, there is what well, I think I've got to find out and find out um, in detail. There's a camera which they use at the Oscars, which um, it's one of those high-speed robotic ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where um, you would have I don't know, for example, at like the Oscars you'd have like uh, obviously someone on the red carpet, and it's, you know those really cool slow-motion ones where they sort of pose and everything's done really mm. it's like what vanity fair you started yeah
0: doing. the 360 yeah.
1: like
2: yeah.
0: outfit thing
2: yeah. yeah and it's used in a very very small way but if you look really closely it's one of those sort of head head-on profile type shots in the second part of the fashion show where you actually see an actual pro- the actual profile of what they're wearing yes uh, and it and I- slows down so yeah it's, it's, it's not used as creatively or as effectively as a vanity fair at the oscars for example but Um, it's good to see again using another cool piece of tech so um, rather than as well as using steady cams to really get up and close and using other forms to really slow things down beautifully which is really nice to see
1: Mm. we interrupt this broadcast to remind you go follow us on instagram Star over substance pod shoot us an email style over substance at gmail.com find us on youtube find us on twitter we've got all the links on our instagram you know what to do um
0: another thing that i've kind of noticed and like, Scarlett, let me know if you think the same too. But before, as I mentioned, like, Carl Lagerfeld's Chanel shows were, like, that was the big deal of, like, the season. Like, what is the theme going to be this season? And it was heavily dependent on, like, the set. And they used to – I can't remember the, the name of the building that they always used to have their shows. Scarlett, you probably know. Yeah. It's in Paris. Yeah, we forgot. Yeah. But it was always <laughs> in the same, like – um building but the set would be like built from the ground up and it would always be a different theme so it'd be like the snowy alps or it would be i don't know this kind of like japanese garden or whatever mm-hmm. or water fountain and so like the theme was like all the, the focus that say was so much on the built set um now it's it's less about the built set and more like I don't know, I've seen more outdoor locations and I've seen more um, more examples of where, like, all the models are kind of, like, coming in and out of each other. And yeah,
2: um,
0: I think there's one by Eula Johnson where the models are in a museum and they're walking in and out in between the statues. I think that was one that we kind of, like, um, showed to you. And, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I've seen more of that and less about, like, what the stage looks like
2: mm-hmm. yeah um, it's really cool it's like a sort of a, a, an extended chance of more freedom of expression so whereas instead of walking down the straight line and then coming back um yeah they've sort of just taken it to a completely different direction now so as you mentioned really johnson sort of walking through so one shot you'd have um, almost like a, a semi side profile shot of someone walking a little bit slowed slow down so you can sort of see the detail on the fabrics and at the same time in the same shot you could probably see another model doing the same sort of thing so it's another really creative way of just blending different types of seeing an actual outfit rather than your sort of traditional way and as you mentioned in terms of using a beautiful set um incorporating it what i really liked about in mean, the johnson's one is a lot of the clothes um a lot of pieces i should say were uh, linked actually in terms of color and stuff like that were linked beautifully with the actual venue so a lot mm. of yellows and browns and mustards and that kind of thing, lots of layered fabrics, which actually works really well with the actual venue. So you can tell rather than being fixed to lots of your traditional way of things. Mm-hmm. Um that's another form of um really just thinking, okay, what can we do in this pandemic to really wow the people despite the fact that we may be in uh slightly challenging times. So that's a really good example of it.
1: Yeah. And these are kind of things that we sort of touched on before Were like if there were people there you obviously as a as an enjoyer of a fashion show, if you're sat in a front row, don't want to see some guy with his camera up in a model's <laughs> like, like skirt hemline or sh- like giving a yeah. zoom in on the bag or the shoe. Like you don't want to watch that. You don't want to see that that's what it takes to get those shots. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if like these fashion films almost mm-hmm. are actually going to change the face of like, maybe they'll be both like a show and these films because yeah like for regular folks who don't attend fashion shows are enjoying pleasure will be significantly reduced <laughs> once this is over if like these fashion films aren't kept up
2: mm-hmm. yeah i think some fashion houses will take that opportunity mm. to go further so i can imagine um this would have been an idea by a major fashion house like years before thinking I want to ditch the fashion show and actually make some more fashion film. I can imagine something like this would have been met with fury and shock and like, "Ah, what? You can't be doing this. We've got to be there. We've got to see the actual pieces in action. You can't be taken away. So, um, yeah, so it's it's almost like providing, it's almost opened a door to be like, okay, well, now we can actually do this, which is why we've seen such imaginative pieces out there. Mm. Uh, I also mentioned um, about uh, sort of cameras and stuff like that. I think it's um, Bauman's one. Belmont, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is really cool actually because um, that one almost like a traditional type of fashion show. Yeah, uh, a sort of massive catwalk. Actually, I love that one actually, just in terms of like you could see the first part mm. with um, the women sort of sashaying down, just exuding confidence. All that, loved it. Anyway, um, a couple of shots you can actually see they've got a really um, there's a robot camera, sort of just going up and down the catwalk kind of thing. Yeah, which, um, again, a, a, which is really useful, I guess, in these times where um, less through less people actually getting involved and stuff like that and it also helps to minimize um sort of essentially cameras getting in the way of um viewers really because it enables um from a distance uh being able to actually get up and close with uh pieces with uh models and all of that but that happens actually physically be there it is really handy um so yeah so that's another piece of really cool tech which they've actually used but um yeah in terms mm-hmm. of um breaking the uh breaking the rule book, breaking all the rules and thinking of something different in terms of fashion films at, and whole experiences where you can actually view it anywhere in the world. Um, yeah, these, these houses are really thinking of really uh, cool ideas. Mm-hmm. I think there's um, Balenciaga, however, who have actually sort of kept it traditional. They've sort of kept it pretty much the same, but they've mm. sort of made 3D kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I think Balenciaga have, like, from my opinion, took the approach of um, it's more like a lookbook, So Mm -hmm. I know like lookbooks have been around for a long time and often it was seen as like a cheaper option. If you had a small brand and you couldn't afford like a big show, then doing a lookbook was really like cheap and effective. You could show the whole collection, but yeah, less expensive. But Balenciaga have done this almost like video game avatar, highly digitized, (laughs) like... They, they. It's quite a basic premise, but they, you can tell they've thrown a bit of money at it as well. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. Because to do something like that, where essentially you've got an actual uh, live action shot of a model sort of walking down, to actually incorporate it effectively, um, obviously without it making it not look too much like green screen or whatever techniques they've used, mm-hmm. it's not the easiest thing to do because it can easily go wrong. The tracking can make it can sort of further break the illusion of watching something that's effective. So. It's a well-done version of just pay, basically taking the idea of being in an actual arena or sorry venue where you can actually watch the fashion show. Obviously made it virtual. Mm-hmm. Um, even a few little random Easter eggs in there. I think it's like 10 seconds. Is, as, you're, as you're actually panning left to right, mm-hmm. I think every, I think one of the shots you actually pan even further to the right and then you've got an actual shot of someone staring at you. So actually quite funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, so it adds a bit more sort of like, as you're looking up and down, it's like, oh, yeah, and you go back to it. <laughs> so it's really yeah. cool.
0: I think yeah they're always trying to be a bit weird to be honest and like (laughs) that's their thing like high fashion it's like high lowbrow with Balenciaga all the time um Mm -hmm. but one thing I wanted to ask you is like the cost of these things because Mm -hmm. as mentioned before look books traditionally let's say like just a few years ago were seen as like more cost effective or like doing a or putting together a short film or a you know, short video to display your collection was seen as cost effective rather than putting in this whole live uh, um, in like audience production. Um, do you think that these are actually cheaper for brands and they'll see it as like a cost of- effective way to move forward or is it just as expensive and we'll just see mm. more and more money thrown at these like as, you, as Scarlett said, like fashion films now.
2: Yeah,
1: and that's a
0: really context, good
1: question. Um, they now think it it takes a million pounds to put on a fashion show. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised
0: if it's not more. You know.
1: Yeah, like mm. like that's kind of the like roughly, and that's not a Chanel songs and dancing. Like that's mm-hmm. you getting your influencers in. You're paying for them to stay in a hotel, that or too. Yeah. lending people pieces, or gifting, mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm you're not only probably then like giving them a perfume if you're that kind of a brand like there's a whole user experience plus the yep. venue plus the models plus you know the hair and makeup like the whole team and then flying if so like I worked for a brand where they showed in Paris mm-hmm. but were based here so then you've got to fly your team out mm-hmm. so do you think fashion film's Save those costs. I imagine probably not, but I also have no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a
2: it's a really good question because yeah, in some cases you would definitely think that um, okay, we can spend a little less money. We've got less people coming in. We can spend a bit of money, spend spend a bit less money here and there. Although in some cases, they, the money that would be saved from sort of getting under influences and things that would be necessary for a fashion show, mm-hmm. they can easily pump into other areas to sort of still deliver that um, whole mm-hmm. experience. So I think Chanel still had Kristen Stewart in there in terms of a big name and getting them involved, even mm-hmm. though she was just sitting there watching worlds go up and down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then you've got um, Machino, for example, which was beautiful, completely different, where yeah. um, all the actual pieces were actually um, put on puppets. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the first thing that came to mind when I watched it was thinking, huh, you know, they probably could spend a lot less money doing so. But in terms of the little detail and, and making it look as effective as it would be on an actual mm. full-size thing, I imagine there would still be quite a bit of money in there, I guess. Um, yeah. And, and materials and all that. Obviously, miniature size, so that could go either way kind of thing. But is you- that
1: like a stop-start-motion type form of filming that they would have had to do? Or like, Perhaps, like yeah. is that is that quite actually intensive, like for what looks like a simple effort of a puppet mm-hmm. show – is probably like
2: oh, absolutely much yeah. harder
1: than they've made it look.
2: Definitely, yeah, especially when it comes to getting various shots, doing it again and again and again and again, which isn't one of those sort of, um, I guess it's a result of having to film things as a film, as a production, as opposed to your typical uh, fashion show, mm. um, Yeah, where you would have to take things again, and especially for things which require so much detail. Um, if they have the budget and the time for it to perfect it and get a shot again and again, they definitely would do so, which obviously would um, mm. result in a bit more of uh, the moolah being used. Um, so definitely. Um, and then you've got, of course, you've got Dior, which completely just blew um, the sort of... Yeah. Uh, the thing out of the water ...in terms of just how beautiful it is, in terms of a, of a fashion film, where, um, yeah, how it's filmed, the detail, the um, cinematography and all of that. You know what? We, really see. I think in general,
0: and like Scarlett and I, we give a lot of shit to... Um, Maria Churi's deal because everyone's like oh it's not that great but yeah. I will say in terms of like presentation um from last year's couture show to this year I think that they've done a really good job in like taking that we're doing a film we're going mm-hmm. whole hog because yeah. you mentioned the Moschino and how it was like miniature sized and stuff last year's um, Dior couture was um, these small busts and all the couture pieces were made to fit that bust. And it was right. about taking these outfits out of a dollhouse. And this dollhouse was being carried around this forest and presented to like mermaids and yeah. other like <laughs> mythical creatures in the forest. And then they would come out of the river and put on this dress and then lounge around. It was like, it was a film. And yeah. um that was like a harken back to how these minute, like uh, I think Christian Dior himself liked to have these pieces made. I think it
1: was a post-war, wasn't it? Yeah. It it seemed like a waste of uh, uh, material Mm -hmm. to make all your pieces up. So you would make the miniatures uh, very, like they would be a similar size to
0: the ones on that Machino show. Yeah. 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 And that's how you would show it these pieces to your clients so they've done and then they've taken that idea and then this year they came with like this oh, it, it was like the mummy mixed in with like <laughs> tomb raider mixed in with like but in like this elegant version and <laughs> i think they've done really well in creating a film like this was no way about being a show a fashion show yeah. um this it was, like, costume design.
2: Yeah, blurred that true, kind of yeah.
0: line, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess it's another example of, yeah, of, of a fashion film where, um, I guess, in terms of just showing the actual beauty and the detail and just sort of, play, not even just so it's a visual experience, but also tapping into the mystical and all the sort of stories of mm-hmm. sort of, um, um, as you mentioned, all that sort of like mermaids and... Uh, this and that and all the little sort of mystical stories that really play over your mind that kind of thing which really sort of tap into it like being less of just a visual spectacle but just yeah well, yeah make it into an entire um experience which really is another good example a good result a happy accident so to speak of uh creativity in the pandemic
0: yeah um also I think you know with Scarlett you said that before you would fly in, like your best clients to come and see these shows, you'd be gifting, you'd be doing all that. Mm. That still kind of happened this year, although well, they don't mm. even come in for the show, like sending out like these big box lookbooks yeah. a la Leweve and JW Anderson to like people's houses across the world. I think, yeah, mm. what you're saying, Fernand, like I can. C- definitely see how this has not been any cheaper (laughs) yeah Yeah. like
1: I mean it it was when lockdown wasn't so serious Mm. um the I think I think it was Dior where they or maybe it was Louis Vuitton one of the two Louis Vuitton because they had Louis Vuitton popcorn and stuff and they like rented one of those like old school um cinemas in London and like all the influence have flocked there but they have their outfits and I know even Dior like just to sit and watch it on Zoom on your foot fir- on like your phone or yeah. your laptop. You're mm-hmm. decked out in Dior, yeah. Because um, I was saying like, actually, these fashion films could be a really great way for the fashion industry to address like the carbon footprint that they have because they're, yeah. they're one of the world's worst contributors. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, if you're still shipping stuff to the yeah. across the world, like, is that really any different from having them fly in? Because then actually like the fashion week they're in Paris then for however many days for multiple shows and stuff. Um, I don't know if that is like a good solution. Um, But it's a really interesting like take on like user experience Mm, and like seeing how they've, they've interacted with influencers in such different ways. Like, like you're saying with like virtual reality, like I can't even begin to imagine that must be a, difficult shoot Mm -hmm. like that's got to be super technical and that's is. would that be like one of the highest tiers of like impressive kit and like money thrown at something or actually are those like super fine shots that like or and like is it the editing of like a Dior thing where like you're making someone look like a mermaid and, Mm and like I want like what is it that actually costs more to put these things together or is it a combination of stuff
2: it usually is a combination of stuff and you'll sometimes read reports of how a fashion show um one particular fashion show would cost millions of pounds and it's really simple in terms of how it is but again i guess a lot of effort and the work is done behind the scenes versus something which looks opulent which looks expensive Mm. but it's a fraction of the cost yeah. Um, and I guess with VR and AR, um, it's ex- ex- it's expensive to do. On, I guess on large scale, but it's becoming so popular and so well used these days that it the cost almost justifies the demand in many cases. Especially how you see simple versions of it when you're using uh, certain apps on your phone, for example, when you're visualizing things and you move your phone around and things are moving around in sort of 3D space, for example. So you're seeing things of that being used on 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 such scale like this. So the popularity almost uh justifies especially if it is going to be expensive mm. uh, and such costs of that um it, um production wise um it can go either way I think because I know some productions for example imagine like um uh Dior's one I imagine would have just been expensive to produce all the way through <laughs> just, just because of how beautifully it's shot I imagine that would have cost millions um but then again um you have got ones which utilize um The same kind of thing for example lv obviously has a bit of everything so has a bit of sort of actual moving camera tech within and without the actual models itself uses a bit of live action out on snowy uh, apps for example so that could have also um equally been as expensive so and almost feel like a lot of fashion houses like to almost sort of show off a little bit like okay let's see what we can actually do and and i guess to their money really almost there's no object so they can go ahead and do X, Y, and Z, and your course, so-and-so, because I guess they know that the effect that they want to have out with mm-hmm. uh, the viewers when they watch the show is essentially worth it, pretty much. Mm.
0: Yeah. So what? It's, how long would it take to plan and produce something on this scale?
2: Oh, it depends on the show, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so for something like... What was the ones I watched recently? something like Alexander McQueen, which was delightfully frustrating to watch. <laughs> because <laughs> they're under the terms. I think that's pieces. the brand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it's it's a show to watch, I must say. Um, that, I imagine, wouldn't be too expensive. And that would actually be quite quick to actually produce and film. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because it's uh, one location or a collection of small, small locations in a small area. Oh. Um, and there's a bit of creative licensing in terms of actually filming these actual pieces. So they can... Storyboard shots over a period of weeks or a couple of months, that kind of thing, and then go out and then film it, which could be a day or two.
0: So, just um, for the listeners who might not know the show that you're referring to, the Alexander McQueen one, um, it was both the men's and the women's were shot in kind of the same story. Um, and yeah. it was accompanied by uh, still images of the models in the studio but this video was very like dystopic and filmed on like the embankment of the Thames and it was like about feral people and it's like post-apocalyptic kind of scene it was really depressing but, right. <laughs> but it was um, yeah it was that show yeah
2: yeah. So that, I imagine, wouldn't have taken too long to film it. One commenter actually I noticed um, on the actual page or on, on YouTube actually did say it was almost like very, it was basically adding to the dystopian hopelessness of 2020 mm. in terms of just how it is.
1: Yeah, um, I'm sure that inspired it. Absolutely. So I guess <laughs> when it
2: came down to it and knowing how Alexander McQueen style is, they probably thought, OK, where is one of the greatest places we can think of? Uh, to really sort of add to the sort of feel of 2020. It's all sort of like a, a fashion critique, so to speak. Mm. And so in terms of location, in terms of flan- uh, planning, f- planning <laughs> planning, and filming it, um, that wouldn't take too long, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you got all the way to the detail. of. So what's uh,
0: not too long? Just to give us an idea. What is not too um, long?
2: Not too long. It, oh, it varies massively in the production world. So um, that I'm estimating will probably take a couple of months, I imagine, to plan. Okay. Um, from i guess starting from finding locations scouting locations where it could have gone to could have gone absolutely anywhere for example right down to um planning shots working really closely with actual fashion houses to make sure that uh whatever shots the director might have in mind obviously lines up with what the um the, the the fashion house has in mind as well as well and making sure that those two things actually marry because you can get a, a situation where a director might be um, or the director of the production company, maybe really out there with ideas, but then if it doesn't actually match up with actually showing what it's about effectively, there could be lots of backs and forth. So this, these things can obviously add up time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess when it comes down to getting all the shots ready, I guess, in terms of storyboarding and planning it and then giving it out to filming it, I imagine a couple of months for that one. Cause it, I mm-hmm. guess it comes down to simplicity of, of certain things. Um, right down to um, LV, I imagine we've taken a whole lot longer um, because certain things are obviously filmed in various locations globally. So um, from the first part where we actually are out in Snowy Alps, that would have, um, I need to find where the location of that one is, but that would have taken time to film, wrap that, then go all the way down to um, Barcelona to actually then do the actual main bit itself um barcelona sorry uh paris <laughs> <laughs> barcelona yeah there's lots of inspiration between the other video but anyway um to actually then film that bit there so that would have been taken an extended amount of time to plan but obviously that's due to filming one place then moving to the other mm-hmm. um and then you've got of course you've got ones which is like la johnson for example one venue pretty straightforward that would usually take the usual amount of time to uh plan and produce an, a fashion show of sorts, but then obviously you're working closely with a fashion house to then just film it over a course of a day or two days, depending on um how many shots I want to do and um get yeah, how many shots they want to do and making sure they get the most and the best of uh the pieces that are on show. Mm-hmm. So uh these things can definitely vary. Um and yeah. does
1: being outside like really affect that as well because we saw a lot more stuff being done outside and I can imagine that the light has huge impact on that like oh, you know good. I know that with films and stuff like that like night shoots like they almost mm. film in the middle of the night so there's no like there's consistency and like it's that kind of a thing of that can totally throw off a shoot for these shows yeah. like I think like Burberry's always kind of shown in their like conservatory and stuff like that but they mm. were outside and then even that I don't know if you saw the Burberry sort of I guess it was their Christmas advert that was dancing outside in London streets.
2: Mm. Yeah, it's one of those sort of common things you hear a lot on TV where um, directors and um, continuity managers and all of that, one key thing is the light is going, the light is going, the light is going, which is basically refers to when you're filming over the course of the day and obviously naturally the sun changes light as you move along. And if you wanted to, for example, you're filming a soap or a drama or a film, and you wanted to have a specific mood, you would also have a very limited amount of time to do so because filming mm. at ten a m would film feel completely different in daylight to two or three in the afternoon so yeah, these things especially filming outside obviously up against the elements it could start suddenly start raining um or you may not have the most ideal weather on a certain day when time mm. is really tight so these especially things in this country up, especially mm. so yeah. I mean, in the case of Alexander McQueen, it could have started raining. It would have been perfect I for bet it. they
1: would have yeah. loved that. <laughs> they <laughs> they probably, have the, it was probably the forecast.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly> <laughs> right, yeah. So there are those extra elements of filming outdoors, which um, comes down to, I guess, yeah, a lot of planning, a lot of forecasting and sort of hoping for the best in many cases. Um, and nine times out of ten, when it comes to planning and everything's okay, everything goes without a hitch. It may take a bit longer to get certain shots, as is the usual case with production. Mm-hmm. Um But, yeah, these things definitely do add up to uh, the time of things, for sure. So what aspect
0: of, like, film production in these shows kind of most draws your eye? Are you, uh, like, a camera guy? Are you a location guy? Are you, like, a story? Do you look for stories in these things? On, like, a personal level, um, what's been your favourite aspects of these fashion shows that we've seen in the past year?
2: What I've really liked is how every fashion, like every show I've seen has their own take on creativity in this pandemic, so to speak. Mm. I mean, it's something that you would see anyway um, in terms of fashion shows from season to season. It will all be visually different. It will all be spellbinding. It will all be breathtaking. But in this case, just how things have been taken in completely different directions from a little puppets or Moschino, right down to... Um, mixing of um, locations and media of LV, which is one of my favourites, mm-hmm. uh, down to the mystical beauty of Dior. That, that one particularly took my breath away, especially when I saw it, because I was thinking, is this like an extended advert of sorts? Is it just a mm, uh, some, is It's it a perfume ad. <laughs> Basically, yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah. And yeah. right at the very end, we have the actual stills of uh, the actual, we actually see the pieces unfold fall with a bit of text right next to them, almost like looking through an old book. Mm. um kind of thing um so what i've really liked is just yeah the com- completely diverse range of uh reactions and takes to uh what you can do in terms of okay we're stuck in this pandemic bit tight on your sort of usual resources what can we do about it um in terms of what i sort of look out for whenever i watch something it kind of takes the enjoyment whenever I, whenever i watch something i'm like okay have i got this angle right what does this angle mean um <laughs> I find it hard to actually watch something that actually think, oh my days, this camera shot, this that, and that kind of thing. That's so, funny. Um, <laughs> all the time. so I could be watching, like, watching stuff on, on Netflix or whatever, and I'm thinking, okay, this is effective. I get what I've done, about, but I've done that, but this way and that kind of thing. Um, so I guess it's also a bit of a blessing in terms of actually watching that like this because you're able to then visualize what the director or what the um, yeah, essentially the fashion house were were trying to convey in terms of angles, in terms of story in terms of really getting up and close, in terms of mixing the traditional elements of a fashion show of, yeah, watching a fashion show with pushing the boat on terms of creativity. So um, traditional elements would be making sure you've got a good clear camera shot of what you see, the actual pieces, mm-hmm. um, like a full length outfit, sorry, a full length shot of them walking up and down, that kind of thing. Whereas in this case, uh, in a lot of these cases, you can get up and close, you can get some really cool slow-mo shots, you can get, um, a good shot of the detail detailing of it you can even get shots of the venue and all that to further add to the feel of whatever is being said mm-hmm. whatever's being shown i should say so it's less just okay here are the clothes there's a bit of a rationale about style it's so and so it's about this it's about that but rather than it being said to you you also see it you feel it so it that's mm. the whole experience which is really really cool um yeah, and yeah, really good to see. So, yeah, one of the yeah, just looking at all the different shows and how they've really just pushed the boundaries in all of them. Um, yeah,
0: I think you should definitely check out the one that Scarlett mentioned. It's the Burberry Christmas advert, and it's I think it's called Singing in the Rain, and they the music in it is Singing in the Rain. You'll love it, honestly. It's not so much about the clothes; it's definitely more about the cultural significance of Burberry and mm-hmm. London culture. Um, We've had an episode about talking about Burberry and that was like quite a big um, aspect of it. And there's a lot of like the weather plays into it, obviously singing in the rain, it being in London. um, It's got like, it's like CGI rain. Yeah, there's like
1: special effects that are so well timed, so clever and like I think stuff like that is so exciting and I wonder if actually I was going to ask you do you think it's more interesting and exciting as like obviously film and producing and all of this stuff is creative and then when you meet forces then with some something else that's creative whether it be a fashion house or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. is that like really exciting like because then you can like spur off one another or is that also like does it have it frustrations because, you know, mm. like two creators can have a very different idea on oh, stuff absolutely. as well. Absolutely, but yeah. like, I imagine, is there some sort of fulfillment of like, okay, someone who gets it and someone who's not just like film something. Like yeah. if there's someone who like has a real concept mm-hmm. and cause I guess people who aren't creative, maybe give you more creative freedom, mm. but like, uh, yeah. What, what's sort of the difference absolutely. if there is one?
2: Yeah, um, there is. It's almost like a very fine line to tread in terms of um, lots of creativity, making things look beautiful versus adding too much and it then almost detracts away from what's actually being shown, natural pieces, the whole collection, that kind of thing. It's a very, very fine line, Which, I, and it's actually quite, noti- quite nice to actually notice that a lot of um, these fashion houses work really closely with these production companies to really make sure that, um, yeah, essentially the best things are on show. And I think a lot of these... Um, designers have a bit of a background in, in mixed media as well so they're able to visually imagine and visually actually see the best way of actually sharing their pieces as mm-hmm. well as obviously working with a production company to make it happen because yeah you can you can get those cases probably not in the cases that i've seen but ones where um yeah there's lots of effects and lots of effort making that making the whole experience beautiful but then it almost detracts away from the actual detail, the style and the collection of the whole kind of thing, which mm. could be actually deliberate. In some cases, mm. it may be about the whole field, yeah, basically what you'd actually take from it, uh, rather than just showing the clothes. And I think some, some houses sort of push it in that direction. But yeah, there is that sort of fine line to tread of, yeah, creativity and making it look good versus... Sort of oversalting the soup, basically, and having too much of it that it's a bit distracting from what's oh, on the show. I
0: like that phrase, overs oversalting the soup. <laughs>
2: <That> <laughs> of course, that? yeah.
0: <laughs> that that actually reminds me of um, Michio Prada and Raph Simmons coming together to mm-hmm. do um, Prada's latest collections because they're both like joint creative directors now for Prada, and their shows. Yeah. Um, was like being inside a fluffy box yes. <laughs> of um, colours, and like mm-hmm. very like you know, like Prada and Miu Miu is very like mod sixties ugly fashion, mm-hmm. a little bit beatnik. Um, and although the the show was really simple, I do feel like like the the music and the colours and the like the like the models would walk through the rooms, and we would get a lot of shots. Yeah. Like the back, the front, the side. And I just didn't really feel like I got a sense of what it was about and what it mm-hmm. what the point was. And for me, I felt strangely enough, I don't think I got to see like the whole outfits. So maybe yeah. that was a maybe that was a result of having like two really like creative people who are like forces of in and of themselves coming Mm -hmm. together to make something that that's cool and edgy and you know but really it was like I didn't walk away thinking there's a single item that I would want to wear
2: yeah so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: it's a really thin line I think
2: that's a perfect example of it in fact yeah of yeah, of basically the mix of what you would usually see in a fashion show, we can actually appreciate things where think shots are a lot simpler. You can actually see things how you want to see them. Your eyes just naturally go from one to the other. But then this could this effects could either be deliberate, as an mm. actually artist deliberate, or as a result of taking all, sort of creative liberty, so to speak, where. Look at this bit, and look at this bit. Yeah. Like the cell kind of thing. We've
1: given you all the angles. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes yes. you don't need them all. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's ugly. I but wait, there's more. An <laughs> or like I yeah. don't and need I to think, see I what the back looks a- like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Was this the same previous one where it was in that sort of, as you mentioned, a sort of a mustard-coloured yet uh, fluffy box-type look and they had lots of cameras spinning from the roof? That, that is...
0: Okay, so two what separate one? ones. Yes, you're right, but two separate shows. Mm. So the yellow one with the right, cameras right, right. coming down from the centre of the... That had, like, screens and cameras coming down from the centre of the room. That was last year's presentation. Yeah. Um, and mm. it was, like, yellow and black. And then this... It, they liked the fluffy, so they brought it back. <laughs> and <laughs> in it was like <laughs> in different colors. So each side of the walls and the floor um was a different type of fluff. And then they and then the models walked through arches in from one room to the other, to another, and they snaked round into different rooms. Yeah, Prada, just two mm-hmm. separate collections, but more or less um a similar theme. The the yellow one, I think there was more of a focus on screens and yeah viewing it, <clears throat> sorry viewing it digitally and you yeah. can actually see the cameras involved
2: yeah very meta <clears throat> in that case actually yeah that's um mm. it's what i actually find that really interesting because usually in productions usually um when watching tv or yeah essentially live tv kind of thing a lot of effort is is um undertaken to make sure you don't see the cameras they're sort mm. of hidden away they're what you used to see things rather than actually seeing the cameras whereas and obviously in this case they become props i think half of them app cameras actually were just actual props, and I think some of them were mm. actually getting close-ups sort of the actual um, oh, items. Um, but um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting sort of very meta way of um, yeah using things that are usually quite hidden away when it comes to productions and actually putting it centre uh, of the action kind of thing. It's actually mm. yeah, it's very meta, very 2020 in terms mm. of that cameras and screens and Zoom calls. Zoom-like. I think that yeah, was Zoom yeah, calls. yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what I got from it. So yeah, very 2020 along with. Alexander McQueen's Dystopian View, we've got a calls on another fashion show. So there you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Before this, like, did you follow fashion shows or watch them from, like, a, an appreciation of them, like, from a presentation standpoint? Or was it just mm. not something you ever bothered watching or had an interest in? It was more about live television?
2: Um. Actually, I used to watch a lot of fashion shows growing up, actually. Um So my mum actually studied fashion design. Um, she oh, I don't did know whole, Yeah, she went to London College of Fashion, did um, awesome. the course famous one as well. So done the whole shebang, the whole lot. Mm-hmm. So a lot of um sort of teenage years, or even years or that was watching the fashion show uh, or the, the clothes show, I think it was, on BBC Two, it was clothes. Yeah. Way, back yeah. when. <laughs> way back when, yeah. <laughs> and then right through to um, um, fashion shows on um, fashion TV when it was on, yeah, on, on Sky, that about. kind of thing. Hmm. Lots and lots of that. And yeah, you, your sort of typical view of fashion shows is mm-hmm. obviously a darkened room, a lit cat walk, moody models walking up and down. Very Tom Ford. Kind of yeah, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. Very, 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 very Tom Ford, very almost stereotypically fashion show-esque type thing. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't until last few years where we're seeing various different versions of it, of being taken out of that, being taken outdoors, taken to rooftops, taken to various places where you can actually see elements of it, which is actually different elements of creativity in this, which I actually really began to appreciate, um, whether it be from elements of VR. I think it was, um, I did a bit of uh, research before this, um, and the, the most recent yeah so I did a bit of a sort of light reading as it were before this and i think there was new york's fashion show fashion week i should say the most recent one involving mr woo which used um basically the rooftop of spring studios in Tribeca, basically sort of a winding catwalk on the on the rooftop of a beautiful on the beautiful day in september i think it was mm. uh, august september and yeah so yeah in the last few years obviously we've having such a passion of like watching live TV and productions and seeing how they sort of marry the two in terms of creativity.
1: Yeah. But and actually, it kind of feels like how have we had it for so long that Mm -hmm. these girls and guys just walk in a straight line up and down and that's it. Like it actually seems crazy that we were still very much at that point. Yes. Mm -hmm. A few people were being more creative with it, but like really, it's it's taken a pandemic for them to like mix up and I actually think it's um here to stay yeah
2: yeah I guess it's just just to add on to that it's really cool to see yeah basically breaking the rules in terms of yeah. fashion productions and all of that um it's less of I think there's also an element of like having to be in the know and being exclusive enough to be in these rooms whereas now mm. it's a bit more yeah, the, the sort of, I don't know, elitism, for whatever better word, is taken out there. It's Such less a good being point. in there, being sat next to Anna Wintour, and who actually is, there's a really cool um, p- puppet version of her in the Mosquito show. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that. was like, yes, detail, I love that. Um, <laughs> so it's less about um, trying to get the best sort of shot of being set next to uh, Kendall Jenner or flipping, um, I just mentioned her name, Anna Wintour in a mm-hmm. sort of darkened um, sort of runway situation and just being, it's less of that which is not really nice to see and generally more of the creator's mind of uh pieces in terms of the experience in terms of the vision of um of these shows which is actually really nice to see Adds a bit more sort of okay a bit more of a creative palette um of how things are intended as an artist
0: yeah for sure (laughs) definitely i definitely agree with that there's a lot to like discuss in like the idea of shows fashion shows and elitism and who's selected to be there and like the clientele and stuff I think that's really interesting but yeah I don't have anything else to add do you Scarlett thank you so much again for joining us Fernand it was really 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 interesting
2: always always fun yeah I've I've enjoyed myself uh waxing lyrical about creativity and fashion shows no it's been really (laughs) good fun actually um especially surprising I'm pleasant to actually see these shows um and bringing something different.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, My pleasure. And we might have you on again talking about something else. Maybe we'll do a recap of next season. So think-
2: <laughs> looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Cool.
0: Thanks again. Awesome. Thanks this was fun, so guys.
2: My pleasure. I'll have Take a care. good weekend. You too. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Bye. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>